Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Just to pause, to think, to seek God and to devote ourselves more fully to God and what He might want to be doing in our lives and pursuing Him. And we're asking the question, we're examining our hearts to ask, what's winning the devotion of our lives? Like, what are we focusing on? And are we focusing on what matters first? Are we seeking first what matters most? And so I want to encourage you in the month of February, please make sure that you come along in our Sunday services. But also, as we were just talking about, make sure you come along to our prayer nights that are going to be on Wednesday nights and make sure you join us in our fasting. There is something powerful When we sacrifice, when we give something up and say, God, I am giving this up for you so that I can seek you first, seek what matters most. Uh, It is very powerful. And what you do is if you're fasting food, whenever your stomach is hungry, does anyone get hungry when they fast? If you're fasting food, yeah, I get really hungry. When I get hungry, I'm like, oh, I want to eat something. And I'm like, oh, hang on, I can't eat something. Why? Because I'm fasting. Let's take a moment to seek God. Thank God. I thank you, Jesus. I'm fasting. We do those things. And so we're not just dieting. We're seeking God. And you know what? This could change your life. Like you hear that a lot, right? I preach this out a lot. But I really believe Jesus, at the start of his ministry, 40 days in the desert, prayer and fasting, he comes back, the Spirit of God upon him, ready for ministry. I believe this could set up our year, be a powerful, powerful year for us, Elevation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your presence and your anointing. God, we've come to encounter you. We're not just here to play church. We're here to meet with you. So I pray, Lord, as we spend time here, that, you enc- that we encounter you, your Holy Spirit ministers to us in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. turn to the person next to you and say, you're looking good this morning. Turn to the other person and say, I'm so glad I'm in church. Growing up, I was never really uh, sort of the type of person who you would call a handyman. I never really liked doing things like yard work and things like mowing the lawn or gardening or weeding, um, planting gardens, those types of things. It wasn't really me. Um, But what happened was that in... Uh, lockdowns and COVIDs. I hate talking about it all the time, but anyway, I, I, I had a lot more time on my hands, right? Did we, it's life slowed down. We had a bit more time on our hands. And so I was just on YouTube and, um, you know, searching scriptures and Bible notes and teachings and all those types of things. And I came across some videos of guys mowing lawns. I was like, wow, this is interesting. So I watched the guy mow a lawn and then I watched another video of a person mowing a lawn yes my life is sad and as I was watching these guys mowing lawns you know really long lawns going with their uh, uh, right on lawn mowers and 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 zero turn lawn and it was like really interesting and then then I started noticing some of these lawns were really green really beautiful looked really nice and so I was like I wonder how they got their lawns like that and so I Googled some other videos, like lawn care videos. How do you look after your lawns? And there were all these different things that you had to do and uh, all these different products that you could buy. And before you know it, I'm watching all these different guys on YouTube, you know, in America, here in Australia, talking about their lawns. Well, next thing you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm joining a Facebook group on lawn care. <laughs> Australian lawn fanatics. You can look that up afterwards. Please don't look it up now. Australian lawn fanatics. 
I'm researching all these products. You know, you got pre and post-emergent uh, herbicides, insecticides, fertilizers. You got soil amendments, soil wetters, all these different products. I'm researching them. If you know me, I'm a bit of a researcher and I can sometimes go down rabbit holes. And I started getting a little bit deeper and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy some of these products. So I start buying all these things and Gab's like, Bronson, you're going to have to get a third job to pay for all these things. And so I'm buying all these products and I'm... Talk to my father-in-law who's got about 10 lawn mowers. He's got a little lawn mower business going on the side in retirement. I say, hey, I like that lawn mower there. So I upgrade my lawn mower. I buy a second-hand whippersnipper and uh, a better one than the one I had. I get a lawn edger. You guys are all looking at me funny at this this morning. <laughs> I go from mowing my lawn once a month. Now I'm mowing my lawn once a week. Sometimes I even mow it twice a week in summer. I mow my lawns. And uh, I'm all in, baby. I'm, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, right? You could say, perhaps, I was and still am, devoted to my lawn, devoted to my grass. Has anyone ever experienced that? Now, for you, it's probably not lawn, right? But have you experienced something that you've got an interest in it or something has captured your attention or something has got a hold of your heart and life begins to revolve around it? Like it may not be mowing the lawn, but maybe for you it's a sports team or it's a relationship. Maybe for you it's your career or it could be uh, food or all these types of things that you got involved in, an activity, going to the gym. See, it captured your heart and you start to devote time to it. And, and this thing you're devoted to, you may not even realize it, but it starts to inform and to shape your life. It starts to inform and to shape your decisions and your time and your habits and your money. And your life doesn't just accommodate this thing now. Now your life is sort of geared around, revolves around it. See, when we're devoted to something, it has your heart. It has your heart. And the heart and what it devotes itself to is incredibly important when it comes to our walk with God. When it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, on several occasions in the Bible, we see Jesus talks about the heart, talks about matters of the heart, and he has various discussions with different religious leaders about different topics. And on one occasion, Jesus, he's speaking to the Pharisees, who were a group of religious leaders who knew the Scriptures very well. They knew the Old Testament law, and they were very respected in the Jewish society. And he's speaking to them about different aspects of the law and all these types of things. And while they liked the law and they knew the law, they didn't like Jesus. And Jesus is challenging them. And sometimes maybe in your life when Jesus challenges you, do you kind of like, oh, Jesus, oh, I'm not sure if I like you right now because you're challenging me. You're calling things out in my life. And in the following passage that we're about to look at, the Pharisees are talking about something. But what they did was they had a real good way to twist the Scriptures to suit them, to suit how they wanted to interpret what the Bible said and to bend it to their own selfish goals and ambitions. And Jesus, he's not having anything to do with this and he cuts straight to the heart of the problem. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 15 verse 7. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He says, they talk a good talk. They honor me with their lips. They give me praise, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus 
was not so much concerned about their interpretation of the law. Jesus was not so much concerned about how they even the specifics or the arguments they were making. Jesus was concerned about the condition of their heart. He looked inside them and he looked at their heart and he says to them, you say the right things, you do the right things, you live your life in such a way that when other people look at you, you look good on the outside, but he says on the inside, your heart, your devotion, they're far from God. They're a long way from God. See, God wants your heart and your heart comes with devotion. I don't know if you know this today, but Christianity isn't about performance. Christianity following Jesus isn't about a checklist and checking those checklists off. Following God is not about how much knowledge you have of the scriptures of the Bible. Instead, it's about your heart and God's desire for it. Jesus come and he says, I've come for your heart. And not some of your heart, but all of your heart, your whole heart. Not just parts of it, not just that little section that you want to yield to him. Jesus has come for your whole heart. We have to ask ourselves today, how devoted are we to giving our heart to Christ? How devoted are we to handing those areas over to him? And as we think about this question, think about that, we have to ask ourselves an honest question. How much of our heart does Jesus have? Today, I want to ask you, how much of your heart does Jesus have? How much of my heart does Jesus have? Like today on a Sunday morning, well, he's, he's probably got a lot of our heart. But how much of our heart does Jesus have during the week? It's a great question for us to ask ourselves, the person next to ourselves, how much of our heart does Jesus have? On another occasion, the Pharisees, they're speaking with Jesus, and Jesus had a lot of discussions with them. It's interesting when you read the, the New Testament, the people that Jesus had the biggest issue with were the religious people. And it makes us wonder, oh man, is our heart in the right place for God that he wants to be speaking to our allies? In Matthew 22, verse 34, Jesus says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, so the Pharisees are like, yeah, okay, he, he silenced those guys, good, because we don't like them. We don't like the Sadducees, but we're the Pharisees. The Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert of the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Ever wondered what matters most? Have you ever wondered what really matters most in our following of God? What matters most to God? What matters most to Jesus? Jesus just told us what matters most is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with our entire being to love the Lord our God. The thing we were designed, created and invited to do is to love Jesus and to give him all of our devotion and all of our heart. And what matters most for the human soul above all the possessions that we, we might have? What matters for the human soul above all the relationships we might have or the things that we might chase, all of our ambitions? What matters most for the human soul is that our hearts and devotion would belong to Jesus. You might be thinking to yourself today, why should I devote, devote my whole Heart to Jesus. Well, let me try to answer that for you today with a couple of questions on devotion, devoting our heart to Jesus. Number one, devotion is part of our design. 
Say it with me. Devotion is part of our design. Human beings are devotion addicts. Have you ever noticed that? We are addicts to devoting ourselves to different things. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a devotion addict. We can't help ourselves. We've got an inbuilt need to find something, someone, uh, and devote ourselves to it. it. Whether it's, you know, just, just, just have a look around in society and just look at the kind of things that we do. We go to concerts. Because we're devoting ourselves to that person who's performing there. We go to our art galleries and we look at art and sculptors and we, 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 we are amazed at the people that did those things. We, we go to the footy and we've got our footy team and come the Bombers, this is our year, come on. And we follow our footy team and we cheer them on and those types of things. Or we go to a book signing or we watch a movie or we're following a celebrity. We love to devote ourselves to someone or something. Turn the person next to you and say, that's not me. We love to devote ourselves. Here's the thing, though. The need for devotion is not a deficiency. It's actually a gift. It's actually a gift. The, the need for devotion is actually a gift. See, God created us with the capacity and the ability to do something no other living thing can, can do, and that is experience and interact with him. No other thing in creation can experience and interact with God. We have this unique ability to do this. And it's a gift because God is so good. God's so good. He's given us this gift. His love is so overwhelming. His mercy is so abundant. His grace so unwavering. His power so mighty. His peace so encompassing that we would encounter that, we would, that the very encounter of our souls with God would result in us devoting ourselves and wanting to love Him with all of our whole being. And His presence, one encounter with God's presence. I don't know today if you are here and you know Jesus, but one encounter with the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit can heal us, can change us, can transform us, can bring us to a place of joy and experience that the human soul cannot experience in any other place. Exposure to God and an encounter with Him and meeting the ultimate good. God does good in our lives. See, devotion is good. But the thing is that that sports team, that hobby, the gym, that person, that thing that we're looking for, that food, none of those things brings the enjoyment that we can find in knowing and being with God. See, devotion is part of our design. Number two, devotion is our best response. Devotion is our best response. There's a book in the Bible in the New Testament, the book of Romans, and it's a book that Paul the Apostle writes to the churches in Rome. And uh, in the first 11 chapters, he unpacks everything that Jesus has done for us. He talks about what Jesus accomplished and on the cross and, and how he died and sin and what it all means and lays the foundation of a lot of our theology today around uh, the Jesus coming and, and sin and all those types of, th uh, types of things. And he sheds light on the death and resurrection and how we've been transformed with new creations and, and all those things, those glorious, magnificent things. But then in Romans 12, he shifts gear a little bit. And he segues into a different topic in Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul, Paul uses the word therefore. And like therefore is a word that you usually use to join two sentences together. It's usually a word that you use where you build up an argument in the first part and then you use the word therefore to move you on to the next part where you continue on with maybe an action that should happen because of the thing that came before. It's like if you use the word consequently or accordingly. You know, anyone know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're writing a report to your boss or you're talking to your children. You did this, consequently, you're going to get this, right? Paul says, therefore. And what Paul says is that therefore... In light of all that God has done, in light of all that Jesus accomplished on the cross, in light of him coming in flesh and living as a man, living a perfect life, going to the cross, dying for us, being crucified for our sins, in light of him raising again from the dead, in light of all of that, the best thing, the best response the best thing that we could do accordingly or consequently or therefore is to throw our whole lives on the altar as a living sacrifice to Jesus. This is our response. This is our true worship. And this is the true and proper and highest worship we can offer him. The question is, are we offering our lives as living sacrifices in true devotion to him? True devotion to him. God, this morning, am I offering my life to you, to devotion to you as a living sacrifice daily, every day? Am I giving my life to you? If devotion is part of our design and if devotion is our best response, what does devotion look like? Like, how do we do it? Should we do it how we see it done in the world? Or do we do it in a different way? Does it look slightly different? How, How do we do it? How do we do it biblically and scripturally? There's another person in the Bible, his name was David, uh, King David, and he gives us some clues. And not only was he a king, but he was a bit of a poet and a musician, and he wrote psalms and different types of songs. Uh, apparently he was good looking. He was, you could say he was the triple threat, you know, like singing, uh, looks good, and dancing. The Bible also says he danced as well, right? So he's got all these things going for him this morning. Uh, Psalm 27, 4, this is what David says. He says, I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. He says, I've asked one thing of the Lord. And, And so what does devotion look like according to David? It looks like this, desiring God, desiring God, desiring his presence. Desiring him to be around us, desiring to be in him, yearning after him, not being satisfied with what we have, but recognizing that we need him more. Can I say today, there has been a time in my life where there has been a a revelation and anointing come upon my life about God. And it has carried me for a season, but I can't stay camped in that season. There's something new God wants to bring me to. I want to have more, desire more of God and then dwelling with God, taking time to be with him. Prayer, worship, reading the word, meditating, fasting, desiring to be with God and dwelling with him. Desiring to be with God and dwelling with him. Desiring God, I desire you. And I want to dwell in your presence. I want to know you all the days of my life. That's what devotion looks like. If the kids could come, that would be great. 
Let me finish today. I want to do a little illustration for you as to what devotion could be like. And uh, I don't know how this illustration is going to go, but we'll, we'll see how we go, right? Pray for me right now. Hopefully it goes well. But uh, we're just bringing some things up at the moment. What I've got is I've got some glasses here. And these glasses have got different labels on them. And they represent different types of things that we have. We've got family. We've got uh, business. And we've got health and we've got all these different things up here and we've, okay let's let's do this we've got bit we've got family business and health uh let's just say a business and career let's just say we've got friendships health we've got rest and then we've got jesus can you see that you can see those those are up there and then so those represent the the, the glasses of our life right this represents the areas of our life does anyone know what i'm talking about yeah we've probably all got these areas of our life and then what I've got here is, thank you, I've got my great assistant here, Rick, can we give him a hand? And then what we've got here is we've got some jugs, and these represent our time, our energy, uh, our passions, uh, our resources, and these things are what we have, and there's a finite amount of this, right? There's a, this, this, this jug can only fit so much water, and so what we tend to do is that we pour these things into the different areas of our life, right? So we put a little bit here in our family and then we're going to put a little bit here in our career, our business, depending on what we're about and friendships and then if this is me, I skip the health one and go straight to rest and then there's a few people in this room that make me feel bad so I come back to health and then Pastor Miles calls me and I'm like, oh, back to career and business and the church and then my wife calls me and the kids and the family and then uh, friendships, I better focus on my friendships. And then we come to it and we're like, oh, Jesus. Well, okay, that's Sunday morning. And there's not much left, right? There's, there's not much left here. And, and that's a picture of our time, right? And a picture of our life. And, and, and so we pour this water into all these different things that we have available. And this series, Devoted, is not a series to say to you, hey, get rid of the, some of these things. Like, Get rid of them. You don't need them, so there's more room for Jesus. That's not what we're saying, because sometimes in life, like, you just can't, right? Like, i got to spend time with my family. We all need to work. We need friendships. We need community. God made us to be in community. Health is important. We need to rest. We can't always be working. But we definitely need Jesus in our lives. When we want to be devoted to Him. So what do we do? Like, how do we resolve this issue? What, what, what do we do about this well, the issue isn't saying, the issue isn't about changing things around. The issue is, is saying this, how about if we put first what matters most? How about if we just re rearrange the priorities a little bit here today? How about instead of having Jesus at the back, and I don't know, maybe a few Jesus up here, or he could be here, I don't know, but maybe instead of having Jesus here, what if we just moved it a little bit so that Jesus was the first priority in our life. He's up here. And we do that. And, and, and here's the amazing thing. When, when you pour into Jesus, get the right one, as we pour our lives into Jesus and our devotion to Jesus, and as we, you know, however, however, full, however it is, as we put time into Jesus, the amazing thing is the Scriptures say if you pour your life into Jesus, it says He'll look after everything else. 
It says he'll look after everything else. See, it says this in Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided to you. And I wanted to do an illustration where I'd have Jesus at the top and I'd kind of like do the champagne bottle thing and I'd pour the thing, but it was like, this is going to be a mess up here. I don't want people slipping over. But, you know, as we pour into Jesus, he says... There's going to be an overflowing that comes out of your life and you're going to find you have enough for here and you've got enough for this and you've got enough for this area here and you're going to find, come on, I can heal you and you've got enough rest. I will bring you real rest. Just, just the change of priorities, putting Jesus first. And What if we began to pour into our relationship with Jesus first and our energy and time into Him saying, God, I want to put you first. Every day, I want to put you first. And what that looks like for you and every one of us, it looks different. But what it looks like is perhaps a little bit more than what we're doing right now. What it looks like is maybe prioritizing God first in our lives. See, when you seek Jesus first, when He is your devotion, you will find satisfaction, contentment that you cannot find anywhere else. You will find that you will have everything you need because God is with you. A.W. Tozer, a great man of God in the pursuit of God, he says this, The man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. Many ordinary treasures may be denied him. He will scarcely feel a sense of loss. For having the source of all things, he has it in one, all satisfaction, all pleasure, all delight. Whatever he may lose, he has actually lost nothing. For he now has it all in one and he has it purely, legitimately, and forever. Can I tell you something? If you pour your life into Jesus, it's not something you can lose. It's not something that's ever going to let you down. It's not something that's ever going to leave you. Jesus has promised to be with us to the ends of the earth, to be with us always. As we finish today, I just want to leave you with one last question this morning for us to ask ourselves, what will you do this month? to take a step closer to Jesus. See, our, our month of devotion, our month of prayer and fasting, it is, it's deliberate, it's intentional. It's about seeking God. It's about saying, God, we're going to come to you at the start of our year. We're going to seek you so that we can give you, put you first, make you our first priority so that the rest of our year, you can bless it, you can anoint it, you can direct our paths, you can be with us. See, our step closer could be joining us in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Your step closer could be saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to start reading my Bible. Your step closer might be saying, you know what? I'm going to be starting to regularly attend church. Your step closer might be saying, hey, I want to hear you, Holy Spirit, and be led by you. Your step closer might be, maybe you do hear the Holy Spirit, but maybe you don't step out when He speaks to you. I'm going to be obedient in, these year, in, in this area here. Your step might be telling someone about Jesus. Your step might be today to ask Jesus into your life. That might be the step that He wants for you. What will you do this month to take a step closer to Jesus? I don't know what it is for you, but I want us all to do something right now. I'd love us all to stand, if you, if you feel comfortable doing that. I'd love us all to stand right now. And what I'm going to do is I would want us to make a commitment that this month, Jesus, I'm going to devote my life to you. Not just this month, but this month, I want to seek you. I want to commit my life to you. Every person here right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about some area of your life where God might be encouraging you to commit more to Him, 
And we're going to say to Him, Jesus, we're going to dedicate our lives, our hearts afresh to You. Jesus, we're going to seek You more. We're going to put You first. We're going to seek You today. Come this morning as I pray. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, this morning we're coming here today to say we are choosing to devote our lives to You. This morning we are committing in this month of February to seek You first to prioritize you first in our lives. We thank you, God, your word says, as we do that, you will take care of all the rest. So God, we take our eyes off the rest and we put our eyes onto you. We turn our eyes towards you, Jesus. And we say, God, move in our lives, move in us. Let us be devoted to you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. We wanna dwell in your house. We wanna desire you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus, right now.